What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here from Fantasy Alarm. Oh, Adam, I got to tell you, you know what? I got off the podcast yesterday. I got myself a Reuben sandwich like I said I would. And, uh, and, and you know what? I felt a little better. I'm not going to lie. I felt a little better. Uh, truck called in today to uh, the fantasy. Oh, nice. And, uh, and, and you know, kind of kind of twisted the knife a little bit, laughed at me a <laughs> bit. But overall, I'm, I'm okay still. Okay, why? He didn't like your draft? No, no, no. I just said that he was part of the problem, not part of the solution for me. And he kind of laughed. Usually when Truck calls up, he's got, you know, he'll throw down a question. He'll honk the horn for me because he knows I'm like a like a six-year-old kid in the backseat of his parents' car, you know, trying to get all the truckers to honk the horn. And he caters to me like that. Today he didn't. He just kind of chuckled uh, when I said he was part of the problem, even though he was on the opposite side of the draft. So it wasn't he wasn't as hurtful as the other guys were. Right. Yeah, no, nah, he's a he's a good dude. So I'm actually going to be teaming up with him for a draft next week in the RT Sports Championship. Oh, nice, very nice, very nice. He's actually going to be in our uh, our best ball draft this coming Friday uh, on the Fantasy Alarm Show. So okay, so I'll take a look at that and I'll see. Oh man, we're on the different pages. We have to discuss this, <laughs> right? <laughs> we have to talk. We have to talk. <laughs> um all right well so uh so I, I don't have you know listen i i finished up yesterday i was drafting in the uh in the sports illustrated uh you know uh invitational and uh i gotta tell you man i, I feel pretty good about my team i had some some nice upside picks i don't know have i showed you the uh have i showed you the the the, the draft at all did i can't no, remember if I, I did i gotta say i don't know how you do a podcast and draft. I can't do it. If you would have said, hey, can we push the podcast back? I would have done it. I don't know why you didn't ask me. I will not do a podcast and draft. I just won't. I need to be focused on the draft. Yeah, no, I hear you. Listen, I just, uh, whoops. I just dropped the, uh, just dropped my team into the, uh, into the chat on the software we're using. So you can actually pop that open and, and see what happens. I actually, I got to be honest with you, man. I mean, I, I love this team much, so much more than my GST team. And you know what? I kind of, I kind of punted RB2 once again. Um, you know, I had that. That's that, the way to do it, man. Well, That's I had the way that, to do that, it. I had that one little sticking moment where I, I even said it on the pod where I was like not really paying attention in rounds. Uh, it was like round five and round six. I didn't have the guys ordered up in my queue properly. And I wanted to take Kyle Pitts there in the fifth round. I did oh, not. Yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been a little bit better. I mean, you still got Logan Thomas, who's fine. But right. yeah, no, this 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 looks pretty good. Yeah, for a super flex team, I uh, I definitely dig it. For those, how many receivers do you start? Um, we only start two. Wow, and how many flex? Two and one super. Two flex and one super flex. Yep. Oh, okay. Even oh, that's that makes uh okay. Yeah, no, this is. It is pretty good, man. Yeah, I would. You're right. It would have been better with Pitts, especially with that. Um, mm -hmm. The two receivers on one flex, I think, makes the tight end a little bit more valuable. So it would have looked better. But you know, it's not like you got a bad tight end. You know, Thomas. There's there's some questions. You know, I think the target share was 20 percent last year. Will it be the same with the addition of Curtis Samuel? But either way, he's been on the he's on the field a lot. They don't take him off the field. So, um, but yeah, I mean. 
Darby too is Mostert, bro. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, no, no, no. There's definitely nothing wrong with Mostert as the RB two. I mean, that's just kind of, you know, I mean, obviously you 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 worry a little bit about Kyle Shanahan's rotation and you kind of worry about Mostert's injury history. I that's mean, the biggest worry. Yeah, I don't think he's played more than eight or nine games in a in a in a given season. So. You just ride them until the wheels come off. And then uh, you got A.J. Dillon, Kenyon Drake are fine. I mean, Tevin Coleman will give you two weeks and then be hurt. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, pretty solid. I mean, Herbert, uh, Ryan. Just, let me ask you something. Um, do you always take three quarterbacks in the Superflex League? Um, I usually do, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I, I like to. I like to just have that, you know, Especially when you're talking no defense, no kicker, and 18 and, rounds, 18 and, rounds. and it's 18 yeah. rounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if it were if it were 16 rounds, it'd be a different story. I, I, you know, I don't know if I would make it as much of a priority, but you know, quarterbacks were definitely flying off the board early in this, and this is, you know, this is obviously something that anybody who's doing a super flex draft needs to understand. You gotta you gotta play the room, and you gotta read the room and see what they're doing there. Um, you know, I, I definitely. You know, with my second QB at Matt Ryan, because I just saw them flying off the board. And then I took Jared Goff in the ninth, three rounds later, because all of a sudden, I mean, you, Sam Darnold got taken, Ryan Fitzpatrick got taken, Fields and Lance were gone. There was nothing. I couldn't believe. Here's the thing I couldn't believe that Jared Goff was still there. He was like the last QB to be drafted. And I'm like, Who's competing with this fucking guy in in Detroit, right? They're and they're gonna have to throw a ton. So to have him as like my reserve QB for bye weeks in a super flex, I mean that made no sense to me. Maybe I'm, I'm am I crazy? No, I just think the luster is off of Jared Goff. He was in a great spot with the Rams and you know underwhelmed. But the bottom line is he's going to start. And more than likely, they are going to be an awful team that plays from behind, and he will pass a lot. And it's not going to be great numbers, but you're talking a third quarterback in a super flex where he's just a plug-in. You know, maybe a quarterback gets injured, misses a week or two, you plug him in, bye weeks, plug him in. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and I I could see taking the third quarterback in the with 18 rounds. You know, I did my super flex league in New York. It's only 16 rounds. I was not planning on taking a third quarterback. And I've been playing in this league for a few years that I usually never have a third quarterback after the draft. I might pick one up during the season, depending on what's on waivers. But in this one, he, Teddy Bridgewater was there in round 15. I said, OK, I'm taking him. And now I'm crossing my fingers that he gets the job. Um, not that I would probably start him, but that's a it's a trade that's trading in that league. So if my I have Russell Wilson and Tua, so if they're good. And Bridgewater gets off to a good start, could always look to trade him. Although people are probably like, well, Drew Locke could take over at any point. But the point is, it goes back to what I say all the time. You could have a blueprint and a plan coming in, but you have got to adjust to what's going on in the draft room. If you would have told me before the draft, what is the percentage you're going to come out of this draft with three quarterbacks? I'm probably like, eh, 10, 11%. Because I know, I've played with these guys. Someone took four quarterbacks. One year, somebody took five because they really waited and just took all these guys. So if you're going to do that, I'm not going to take one. But round 15, second to last round, and Teddy Bridgewater is there? Uh, yes, I will take him. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you're just looking for like a third guy to to kind of fill the gaps a little bit, I mean, you know, 
I mean, if, if, if my QB, if my main QB or one of my main QBs has an early bye week, I like it. You know, I just, I don't necessarily know if Bridgewater, I mean, I think he could start the season. I just don't know if he holds it all season long. I think he, here's the thing with Bridgewater. He's a solid NFL quarterback. He's not going to win you a championship or get you in a championship. We saw with Carolina, right? For fantasy purposes, it was fine. Those guys were relevant. They didn't score enough touchdowns. They were bottled up in the red zone. Bridgewater doesn't anticipate. You know, there are quarterbacks who throw their receivers open. He does not. He waits. That's the problem with him. And that's why I think the Carolina offense was not good in the red zone. But he's got weapons on this team. I mean, look, this Denver team, that's the thing. You know, we we, we talked about it months ago. Aaron Rodgers goes to that team. They're an instant Super Bowl contender. That's the missing link for them. They have the wide receivers. They have a tight end, good running game. They have a good defense. You know, I like their defense for fantasy. They have the pieces. The missing link is the quarterback. And uh, we again, we don't even know. I think uh, I think the opinion is that they're leaning towards Bridgewater. But I mean, I know Locke has also played well in camp and there's been positive things. Uh, but Bridgewater can get you wins. I don't think he takes you to the level where you want to go. I agree. I don't think he takes you to the level where you want to go. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, you know, I mean, we could see, you could see like mad, crazy yards after the catch from a guy like Jerry Judy, even from a guy like KJ Hamler um, as well. So, you know, I'm, but yeah, I, I agree with you. There really, there's very, the upside is extremely limited with a, with a guy like Bridgewater, extremely limited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. All right. Well, let's see. Um, anything else about this team? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, man. I love this receiving core, right? AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, uh, Michael Pittman. Pittman, Russell Gage, Gabriel Davis, little Diami Brown there at the end. How about this move here? How about the Jawan Johnson with the last pick? You know, it's so funny. We were sitting there doing the uh, we were sitting there doing the draft last night, and it, you know the Saints Jaguars game was on, and uh, and Marquez Callaway uh, went off right and the two touchdowns from Winston. Um, all of a sudden, here tenth round in a super flex. Oh, I think I told you this last night, right? I think we we were talking about this tenth round in a super flex. Callaway comes off the board to Mike Dempsey, and with the comment in the draft room of. You know, we covet what we see every day from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. I mean, look, we know that's going to happen. Look, and I think he was going lower than where he should have. There's no doubt about it. And then you have a game like that. Of course, that's going to open eyes. Um, and I'm very interested to watch his ADP in leagues over the next few days. Um, I think you will probably see him go, you know, rounds eight, nine or ten. It also depends on your league too, the software. It was funny. I'm in the middle of a best ball draft on RT Sports. And I didn't realize when I signed up, their best ball drafts are 10 round, uh, 10 teams, but 24 rounds with kickers and defense. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, I don't remember if I made my pick before the Saints game started. I I can go look at the timestamp, but I think it was before or right at the beginning. And I made my pick. Uh, and then next pick, Callaway goes. <laughs> and these guys have been draining the clock. So, you know, that's we've talked about this. Sometimes if you're in a slow draft and something's going on, you get in a fortuitous position and you get someone at a value. And that's what's happened with Callaway. 
but yeah, Jawan John, what site, what software did you play this on? Well, so here you go. So it's on Yahoo. Okay. And yeah. and Juwan Johnson is listed as a wide receiver, but you know, like Yahoo, they're gonna give him t- if he lines up as a tight end in week one, well, they they're gonna give it? him that eligibility. Yeah, I mean he's a former wide receiver, that's why, and they're using right. him at tight end. So you will you think that's gonna happen? I Dude, forgot it's Yahoo, what- right? Don't they always do that? I don't I don't know for football, man. No, I don't know. Cause remember, no, Marquez Colston is a rookie that was tight end. Didn't he have the tight end designation the whole year? He did, but he also is still, but then he gained the, the eligibility at wide receiver. That same year? Sure. You sure about that? I don't remember. So I, I mean, don't I'm know. not 100% sure about that, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, we, we've seen Yahoo do this shit, man, right? Uh, Taysom Hill with his QB eligibility along with uh, his tight end eligibility. Well, that was ESPN for sure. Did Yahoo do that too? Um, I believe they did. I did. I don't. I played in the Yahoo Lee last year. I have no. I can't remember, man. I'll I'll email Andy Barons and I'll ask him what they're going to do about this. Yeah. I mean, listen. I, I, you know. Yes, I would prefer that he has the uh, the tight end designation. Oh, you definitely want him to have the tight end designation. You don't want to put him in a wide receiver spot. No. 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 I don't. But like for our alarm rankings, I put him at tight end. Our alarm uh, default has him at wide receiver. Yeah, but that's the thing. It, it is different on different sites. I think did it, my fantasy league put him at tight end? I don't know because I did see people talking about that. So you do have to check the. Uh, and we rarely go through this in football. It's way more baseball, but you know this is a big deal. It happens way more in IDP. I mean, the difference between a defensive lineman and a linebacker is a big deal. Like if you got like a great outside defensive end, and he has that tweener linebacker status you don't want him at the linebacker spot you want him at the d-line so that happens um let me see if i can find juan johnson on uh, my fantasy league i think cbs he's a wide receiver if i'm not mistaken um i don't know let me let me look at e i'll look at espn right he's a now. tight end on my fantasy league juan johnson is he is yep. he I, i'm uh, almost certain oh he's a tight end on espn too oh wow they got it right and I got a and I got a draft coming up, like in a half an hour. Yeah, and you can get him late. Oh, I could totally get him. Especially He's probably buried in the queue too, dude. It's the it's the jam on fantasy football league, man. I'll make him my last round pick in that one too. Unless they were listening to you, did you discuss them today? Um, yeah, I think I did discuss them a little bit on the show, but I don't know, man. You know, it's like half the room is filled with uh with with sports industry people who are you know the only one who i who makes me nervous about is uh is steve gardner he's in the league uh, so i might have to i might have to look a little earlier than usual than the last round maybe the second to last round uh for him there but um you know the rest of it's it's filled with you know rock stars they're they're on the road right now they're like dealing with tour and all the other nonsense that goes on these guys are these guys are a bunch of dopes Okay, well, that's uh, I'm sure they're not <laughs> listening now, or if one oh, of them does, they, they're insulted. Well, I'm saying that because I hope they are listening. To be uh, by the way, on CBS, Johnson is a wide receiver. Johnson is a wide receiver on CBS. Mm-hmm. Way to go, CBS. I mean, but to be fair, though, I think he was a wide receiver and just I don't remember when he converted to tight end. So this, this offseason was the first time. Okay, so if they had the Software implemented early. 
Um, but I think we all agree they should move him to tight end. I mean, but then we get that controversy. I mean, look, who was drafting him before like the last week or two anyway, right? So right. let's just put him at tight end. Let's do it. Well, I'll, I'll write my congressman. Do it. <laughs> Ask him if he can help me I out. I mean, this here. is a pressing issue. I mean, nothing's going on in the world right now. This is more important. Dude, this is always more important. There's no, like, fuck it, man. There's, there's nothing more important than draft season. I was sitting there, you know, on the show today, we were talking to uh, Victoria Vivian. She's a guard for the Indiana Fever and the WNBA. She's doing her first ever fantasy football draft this weekend in Malcolm Brogdon's little charity event. Right. She's so focused, lightning focus here uh, on fantasy like football. That. Everybody, everybody's lightning focus. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Even even the baseball players, even if they're competing. Oh, trust me. I know. I've been in the clubhouse and talked. Dude, they love fantasy football. Some of these guys are insane. I was at the Mets Charity League one year. Uh, Mats was there. David Wright. They're really into it, man. It's no joke. They they take this stuff serious. CC Sabathia is a big time player. Brett Gardner. They love this. Like every league has a clubhouse league. I don't even know if I told you this story. So years ago, I was part of a startup company called Draft Valet, and the concept behind it was we're going to do high end drafts for people with money. And, you know, the guy reached out to me, knew my connections, and we got we did the Arizona Diamondbacks draft in Philadelphia. They were traveling, I think, from Cincinnati, playing the Phillies, and we did their draft at the hotel. Paul Goldschmidt was in it, Brandon McCarthy, Trevor Cahill. We hung out after to talk. All cool guys. They love that stuff, man. They're so into it. Um, they are. I covered the, um, you know, uh, Adam Wainwright's uh, big yes. league impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what the that's why I was there for the Mets version. Um, oh, OK. So, yeah, I covered it for the Giants out here. And it was like Hunter Pence, Brandon Crawford. Uh, you know, all those guys were like crazy into it. Who was the uh, who was the receiver? There, there was a uh, there was a, a reliever, a middle reliever in there who was like he would, the dude was insane. I was like interviewing him. It wasn't um shit. Oh, I can't remember who it was now. I think it was uh I want to say it was a Javier Lopez, but I might be getting his uh his first name wrong. Um, but I mean, yeah, this dude was like, I mean, you watched him draft, and you know, it was for charity and stuff like that, but he was like pfft, locked in, like ready to crush. It was hysterical. No, the baseball players are into it big time. They take it seriously. Pretty much every clubhouse, I think, has a league. Um, yeah, probably, probably everybody, you know, everybody's got a league everywhere. You know, that, that pros with Joe's, uh, whole thing. It's all based in, based on, you know, it's charity and the leagues and you get to, you know, for your donations, you get to raffle, you know, you get a raffle ticket, um, to, to co-manage with somebody from the fantasy industry. And, uh, you know, John and Pemba and Jim Piacenti are doing it. And, uh, you know, one of the, so John and Pemba's girl works for Embark, which is a, a veterinary company, does a lot of DNA testing for dogs, stuff like that. And uh, and she hit me up. She had a question about it because they want to promote it. But she's like, yeah, we've got a fantasy league at the office here. And I'm just like, see, there you go. Everybody does it. Everybody. Fantasy football. It's like it's it's insane. Absolutely insane. So I love it. I love it, man. Makes me feel uh Makes me feel wanted and wholesome. How about that? Yeah, for these few months. Animals. And then they discard us from January on. 
<laughs> they don't need, you know, they never return my calls. Yeah, they, they unfollow you on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Well, the big news in football today, it's obviously Travis Etienne. When Adam and I on the other side of this commercial break, we'll come back. We'll tell you our thoughts. James Robinson and uh, and the other impact uh, that this injury might have. But we're going to pay a couple of bills. So we'll be right back after this. All right, Adam, uh, obviously, you know, I mean, I woke up to the news this morning uh, that ETI knew last night he was on crutches on the sidelines. Um, I wake up tonight. Ian Rappaport says that there is a, uh, you know, he's he was it's a Liz Frank injury. And, you know, x-rays show x-rays came back negative, but that it was a, a midfoot sprain kind of a thing and blah, blah, blah. Long story longer. He's out for the season. so. You know, huge impact here. Huge impact. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, ETN was going as the first Jacksonville running back off the board. Uh, James Robinson was really falling in drafts. So I did get ETN in a couple of best ball drafts. Um, I did get James Robinson in that super flex draft in New York. I think we talked about it. I had no plans on getting him. So full disclosure, yeah, this was kind of lucky. And this is where you pay attention to the board and everything happening. So I needed a running. I had two running backs. It was round 10, super flex league. So I had my two quarterbacks. And I'm like, wait, James Robinson is still here? And I wanted to make sure I wasn't making a mistake. And I took him as RB35. So, you know, I got lucky. That's the only draft that I've had Robinson so far. Because he was going in the fifth round of some drafts. And I was like, I don't know. You know, ETN is going to be involved. They'll mix in Carlos Hyde. But now... Robinson's going to move way up. I saw this was probably overreaction, but there was a NFFC best ball draft today where he went 18th overall. Sorry, that's too high. I am in the middle of a, a best ball where people had the opportunity to take him. This news was out and they did it. And I took him around five as my RB three. And I typically don't like to have a third running back around five, but it's best ball. You can't make moves. And I'm not going to pass up Robinson there. Fourth pick around five, but he's going to move up into the, RB 15, 20 range, probably late third, early fourth would be my guess because he's going to get the workload. I think they will mix in Carlos Hyde. It's Urban Meyer. He has a history with him. So he's the guy to look at behind him. And I think LaVisca Chanel probably could benefit a little bit because ETN was going to catch a lot of passes. They were probably going to split him out in the slot a little bit. So that should help Chenault a little bit. But there's definitely concerns about this offensive line. I mean, it was there last year, too. And Robinson still had a good year. But, yeah, if you if you were able to get Robinson at a discount, you know, you got fortunate. Um, I know, you know, how Twitter is. Oh, I was on Robinson the whole time. Oh, good for you. Great. You're, you, you, what, you, want, you want a medal, bro? Like, come on. Like, just be, you know, be honest here, man. I wasn't on Robinson. Where he was going? No. You know, fifth, sixth round. I was like, no. There's a lot of receivers like in there. But like I said, the other draft, he fell too far. All right, I'll take him. So I got lucky there. Full disclosure, I got lucky. Not like, oh, yeah, I took Robinson in the 10th. I'm a genius. No, I got lucky. I, I took the value that fell to me. I'll take it. If it helps me win, I'm not going to complain. But, yeah, I mean, you're just going to see, you know, Robinson move up now. And, um, you know, I'd say, yeah, probably you're probably going to see him go third, fourth round. Yeah, I I bumped him up in the uh, you know, obviously I did all the updates for the uh for the ultimate cheat sheet and I updated my rankings over at fantasyalarm.com. I've got him like just inside the top 20, you know, for Me too. for for running mm -hmm. backs. And you know, if you look on the cheat sheet, 
I've got him like right there in the fourth round, like, you know, first half of the fourth round, not the second half of the fourth round. But, you know, like you said, obviously the offensive line and, you know, you know obviously, you know, you, you got to figure that they are going to be passing heavy with Urban Meyer in this scheme, even though he says that, you know, he, he wants to do a fair amount of running. And they talk about, you know, Urban Meyer when he had Zeke in college and, and the offensive scheme that he ran there. I just don't see him doing that committing to that, you know, the, the run as heavily um, here in the NFL. So so that's where I moved up Robinson uh, over there. You know, Carlos Hyde, obviously, if you're if you're into handcuffing, you know, he's a, he's a late round pick that, that you're going to want to get a piece of. You know, the impact here, though, for for me and the big question I have, and I'll ask you this on the outside, you've got Marvin Jones and DJ Chark, right? Um, they were lining up ETN in the slot the entire time, which had me, you know, off of LaVisca Chenault because I just didn't think he was going to see the, uh, the the snaps that, you know, everybody, had, you know, kind of hoped. I mean, you know, fantasy football Twitter loves LaVisca Chenault. But, you know, this all of a sudden, this kind of opens it up a lot more for three wide receiver sets for Chenault instead of ETN running out of the slot. I, I wasn't ready to move him up, though. Like in my rankings, I wasn't ready to move him up off of the, uh, you know, you know, in the draft grid on the cheat sheet either. Um, what do you think of Chenault now that ETN's out? Yeah, I think it definitely opens up opportunity for him because I think they were going to use ETN on the slot a lot. So that was probably going to take away some opportunity for Chenault. So we saw him last year. He was pretty good after the catch. I had him in a couple leagues. Um, you know, their their receiving core is kind of tough to figure out. You know, Chark's not healthy, but I don't want to dismiss him. He's fallen. Marvin Jones is definitely very appealing. He's not as cheap as he was weeks ago. You know, I've always been a big fan of Marvin Jones. He just tends to produce every year. He is a little bit older, but it seems like him and Lawrence have had a good uh, connection so far. So uh, they're all they're all kind of cheap because Chark has definitely fallen. Uh, so I'll 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 take any of them, especially if they fall. Uh, again, I don't want to give up on Chark. I think I took Chark in the fishbowl, and part of it was add Lawrence. Chanel, I think, went like one or two picks before, so I kind of wanted that connection. Uh, but I probably should have been on Marvin Jones then, but we had yet to see him on the field. Now, obviously, I would go Marvin Jones if I had that opportunity. So, like we've said, there's benefits to drafting early, and there's negative effects. If I did that today, I'm taking Marvin Jones, but it's done with. It was early July. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to – all, all those receivers are kind of value right now. You know, you don't have to pay a high price tag for them. No, you don't. I mean, you know, the way I've got it set up in the uh, in the, the draft grid right now. Um, let's see. I've got Chark in the seventh round. I've got Chenault in the 10th. And I've got uh, Marvin Jones in the 12th right now. And so I haven't moved any of them up a little, you know, at all. Um, I don't necessarily know if I have to either, because I mean, you know, you, you bump them up, you know, that's, that's the problem, you know, like that's the problem with like Marquez Callaway, right? Everybody's bumping up Marquez Callaway and they're going to take him what in the, uh, in the eighth round, you're going to take him in the, in the ninth round. Um, you know, I'd still take Antonio Brown over him. I'd still take Jarvis Landry over him, Pittman, Tyler Boyd. Like these are guys who I would take ahead of Marquez Callaway. So, I mean, I can't bump him up that high, you know, to, to see that, right? Marquise Brown, 
Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel. These are guys who, you know, I prefer to have over a guy like LaVisca Chenault or a guy like, you know, Marquez Callaway. I just can't bump these guys up anymore. There's, you know, there's there's only so much room in the top few rounds. Yeah, that's for sure. And then, you know, a lot will happen based on your draft. And, you know, you never have to go strictly by anyone's rankings, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, I know a lot of people respect us and, you know, want to go buy it. You, they, they respect you. They don't respect me. They just I was they trying laugh to be, at my jokes. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, people do respect each of us. You know, every everyone has their favorite analyst and, you know, we appreciate that. But, you know, even me, I, I don't know about you. I do not go strictly by my rankings in the draft. There's there's players that are really close and I might, especially since I do so many, I might go, you know what? I haven't taken this guy yet. I'm going to go here, you know, but so that's why you also have to figure out, okay, well, he does have this guy at 44, but I like the guy at 47 better. Go ahead do it. I probably have them that close. They're that close for a reason. It doesn't mean, oh, well, 44 is over 47. He must really like 44 way better. No, it's not always the case. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, and again, that's that's the thing also when you talk about, you know, when I look at this draft grid, because this draft grid isn't based just off of the rankings, right? My rankings are attached to it, and you can take a look at my rankings, but some people are like, oh, you got this guy in the rankings, you know, over this guy, but, you know, up in the draft grid, you don't. Like, that's the thing that people don't realize is that inside the draft grid, what I'm doing is I'm baking in ADP along with their value. Like, this is like, if you want this guy, this is the round that I would take him in. This is the round where he belongs, you know? And it's like, you know, I I prefer, <laughs> I prefer Marvin Jones to LaVisca Chennault. But everybody and their grandma on fantasy football Twitter is all about LaVisca Chennault. So, you know, if if you want Chenault, you're going to have to take him earlier than Marvin Jones. And that's just that's fact right there. OK, yeah, I mean, every draft is different. Um, sure. I have seen Marvin Jones move up a little bit recently. But again, that's just some of the drafts I've been. I uh, remember I was looking back at some of my early best balls today just to see like, oh, did I do well? Did I get screwed? I took again, I'm not asking saying, oh, I knew this. I took a lot of Daryl Henderson in early, like round 10, 11, 12, a lot. Um, my first few best ball before the Acres injury. So again, got lucky there. I mean, I thought Henderson was gonna play maybe a bigger role than a lot of people thought. Again, not that Acres was gonna lose work. I thought Acres was gonna be a three-down back, but I was like, they're gonna mix in Henderson. So I got fortunate there. I do have a couple of ETNs. I did have a draft where I took Michael Thomas in the third round. I think it might have been my first best ball. Um, but I had one where I saw Marvin Jones in like round 11 or 12. I was like, oh, OK, because that's not happening anymore. I think people are really starting to push Marvin Jones up. Um, I, you know, I mean, if I if I if I do a couple of drafts and I see that I have to move them up, I'll do a couple of drafts and and possibly move them up. I, uh, yeah. Like, do you remember where he went in your GST? I'm going to look mine up now. I really don't. I, I'm blocking out the entire GST. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't draft, I didn't, dude. I, I didn't mean, I do that intentionally. You always blame me for like, you know, bringing up these painful things to you, but I was just trying to use it as a guideline for uh, people <laughs> who are listening since this draft was Sunday and there's, you know, pretty, pretty sharp people in it. Uh, okay. Where do you want to guess? Where do you think Marvin Jones went in my GST on Sunday? What round? 
in your GST on Sunday, Marvin Jones went in the 10th round. Round nine. Picks, oh. round, uh, pick six or round nine. All right. That's, the uh, only I'll... reason why I passed on him, I needed a running back desperately. I had one running back on my roster through the first eight rounds. So I was like, all right, running back here. All right. Let me, uh, here you go. Let me do a little control fine. Marvin Jones and mine went to uh, team BFF round nine, fifth pick of round nine. Okay. Basically second. Yeah. Fifth in yours, sixth in mine, same round. So yeah, that's generally where he's going now. I think um, again, and a few weeks ago, you probably would have been able to get him around 11. I think the preseason has definitely kind of boosted him and chart being out and Lawrence looking for him, the veteran. And then, you know, Marvin Jones, I think, what is it, nine touchdowns in at least nine and three the last four years, man? Like, and he never got respect. I always said it last year. I have not been as on him this year. The la- last year, and maybe, I, I guess part of it, too, like I just illustrated, I have a lot of wide receivers by then. So I'm kind of looking running back, tight end, QB, because I do tend to go very heavy wide receiver early. So that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I uh, Marvin Jones, it's so funny, you know, Marvin Jones has been a DFS darling for me. I don't necessarily have always had him. I mean, I, I look for him late, you know, just because I know that, I mean, and, and this was like, you know, set your watch to it. And uh, when he was with Detroit, if if there was a top cover corner on Kenny Galladay, yeah. right, when Galladay was playing, mm-hmm. uh, but if there was a top cover corner on Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones went off. Like it was just, you could set your fucking watch by it. It was unbelievable. Uh, and, you know, and I kept promoting them, you know, in the uh, in the playbook. I'm like, you got to get on Marvin Jones. Kenny Galladay is going up against Jalen Ramsey this week. Marvin Jones going to end up with, you know, two touchdowns and 100 yards. And sure as shit, there he went. Marvin Jones went off 115 yards, two touchdowns. Love it. Love it. One of my favorites. They never they never should have let him go in Cincinnati. They blew it. Yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, he does have at least nine touchdowns, three of the last four years. Only one 1,000 yard season. Last year was uh, most receptions in his career, 76, 115 targets in that. Yeah, that was a product of Gallaudet being out. So it opened up more opportunity for him. But there's a chance this year that he could get 100 targets there in Jacksonville. There's definitely a chance that he could get. I mean, listen, again, I think they're going to throw. I think they're going to be heavy with the throwing. So. You know, I'm I'm not against it at all. I will uh, I will take him over taking Lavisca Chenault. Um, man, I was so in on on DJ Chark last year, and I guess I've just kind of I don't have any shares of him this season. Nothing of Chark, of uh, of Chark. Yeah, yeah. I've backed up. I mean, I I think the only one I have is in the fishbowl, and again, that was to pair him with Lawrence since that's a big tournament, and Chenault went the pick before. Um, probably should have been, I wasn't really on Marvin then because I wasn't sure how it was going to play out. Um, and I don't think I have him anywhere else. I'm pretty sure I don't. I mean, I still do like Chark. I think he's going to become a value now. He's fallen too far, but you know, he does have the finger injury. So he's one of those players that we, we, he kind of has to fall in my lap at this point. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah, he kind of has to fall on my lap too. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not actively pursuing him. You know, it's kind of funny, man. Maybe it's maybe, maybe you're sadly rubbing off on me a little too much that 
I'm I'm looking at wide receivers a little earlier, or maybe it's just been where my draft position is. I I don't know, but Jesus, don't rub off on me like that, Adam. You're you're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. I'm trying not to, but I just have this aura <laughs> that just you know infiltrates people's bodies. Ooh, ooh! I now 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 it just got weird. I know, Adam. I know. Adam you Rose's aura is infiltrating me. <laughs> you just you just made it weird. Yeah. I uh, now I, I can't even think about a Reuben sandwich anymore. Now you have an urge for chicken parm. I do always have an urge for chicken parm. Good chicken parm. You can't get you fucking can't, good chicken parm out is, here. Really? Why is that? I don't know. There's just that. Uh, there's. I, I don't know. Maybe they just don't like breaded chicken out here. I have well, no I know, idea. I know why. Obviously, we know bagel and pizza is great in the tri-state area because of the water. I don't. What is that? I don't know how the chicken parm is not good. Um. I. I. You know what? I just maybe it's because I don't go out to enough Italian restaurants or. The Italian restaurants that are near me don't have like a chicken parm on the menu. Mm, that's that's. And you know what it is? I I like the chicken parm heroes too. Like that was course. always my thing. Oh yeah, I mean, who doesn't like? Who doesn't like chicken parm? Like, come on. What kind California, of Californians are weird? Kind of terrible human being doesn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody I want to be associated with. That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right. Well, Adam, I got to go get ready for the jam on fantasy football draft. I have, uh, oh, baby, I've got the number four pick in this one here. You don't like that, right? Because I don't. I actually do. I'm, really? I'm kind of leaning towards it because I'll tell you what, with this pick, I'll get one of my favorite running backs, right? Like McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, Chubb, Zeke. They're all going to, I will have. My choice of of somebody really good there. Then when it comes back in the second round, grab me a little DK Metcalf, and I still am able to get a decent running back, like a like a Miles Sanders type guy in round three, or even even better than like a Miles Sanders type guy in round three. Let's see who where's my where's my cheat sheet? I printed it out here. Round three running backs. Yeah, Sanders. I could go with uh, David Montgomery. Maybe even go a little James Robinson, but no, I'm actually kind of thinking makes sense to DK Metcalf it in the second round, and then like a like a AJ Brown in uh, in the third. He's he still there. How many teams are in the league? Twelve teams. Mm. Ah, it's possible he makes it back, especially if people are like, oh, he's coming off knee surgery. They click the little icon. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to touch him. So, right. Yes, it's possible. And, this, you know, in some of these leagues, you know, that are not industry or high stakes or people, you know, wild things can happen. Or how about this, man? <clears throat> how about I start off? How about Zeke falls to me at four? I don't think Zeke falls to me at four. The guy with the number one pick is a huge Cowboys fan. And take Zeke all the time. Oh my so I wouldn't be that. surprised to see him do that. And that would take then Montgomery. That would take Zeke and uh, McCaffrey and Cook off the board with the top three picks, which wouldn't upset me in the least bit. And then, uh, yeah, coming back in that second round. Oh yeah, this is gonna be fun. Wait till you see this draft. Well, this this is gonna be a wild draft where things are all over the place, right? Yep. Somebody's gonna yeah. take Mahomes too early. Yeah. Somebody's get, yeah. Callaway yeah. in the fourth round. Got to know the competition, man. You know, got to know the competition. What about this? What if I started off with, think about this. How about Chubb, Metcalf, 
and then Dobbins in round three. Have you drafted Dobbins yet? I have not. I have not either. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, he could have a 15 touchdown season. I don't think he's going to catch a lot of passes and Gus Edwards is there, but I wouldn't be surprised if he scored 15 touchdowns this year. I wouldn't be surprised either. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. You guys can all uh, tune in tomorrow. And Adam and I, Adam, I'll send Adam the results. And, uh, you know, I'll screenshot the draft board. So that way we could actually take a look and see what's going on. All Sounds right. Good. Yeah. Sounds great. All right. Best of luck to all of you out there. Thanks for tuning in. Adam, enjoy your chicken parm. I will be hugely jealous. <laughs> uh, but that's going to do it for us here on the uh, on the Andy Up podcast. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.